0: Hi, this is David and Barbie Cooper. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's always a privilege to share this time with you. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. And for more information and resources to help you grow in your walk with the Lord, go to malparan.com. Thank you for your generous support. It helps the ministry greatly. Today we're going to talk about the unchanging Christ. We discover wonders of Jesus, person, and work here in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. We live in changing times of great megatrends. The world around us changes. Circumstances change. Our life situation changes. Yet, we serve an unchanging Christ. Our faith in Him keeps us stable in an unstable world. The book of Hebrews addresses the world of change and a affirms to us the assurance that we gain from the unchanging Christ. Here in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, we find three unchanging aspects of Jesus' life and ministry. First of all, the Word of God tells us that Jesus himself never changes. We see the unchanging person. Here in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, we read one of the most famous passages in the New Testament. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, and today, and forever. He himself is the same, the same person, the same love, the same grace. He's consistent. He's faithful. He's immutable. That means he's changeless. God says that about his own nature in Malachi 3, verse 6. I am the Lord. I do not change. The immutability of God, the changelessness of God. Here we see in Jesus himself, the Son of God. This is interesting that the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The three dimensions of time as we measure it, the past, the present, and the future, the constancy of God through all seasons of life. Jesus is the same yesterday. We, reminded of the Christ of the past when Jesus came into the world you know he's the same Jesus that you see in the gospels his love never changes one of my favorite stories of him is when he saved the woman who was caught in adultery that story is only found in the gospel of John and how he gave her a new life and he healed her of her past and remember when he was able to defend her against those who accused her and threatened her and everybody left, John tells us that in that moment, it was only Jesus and the woman remaining. And he said, where are your accusers? She said, I have none. He said, in John 8 verse 11, go and leave your life of sin. You see, Jesus saved her from her past. He said, you can leave your past. You don't have to be trapped by the past. The past doesn't have to define who you are today. And today you may have some things in your past that You just keep carrying with you things that you regret, things that you're ashamed of, things you're embarrassed by. But, you know, Christ is the Christ of the past. And in him, if you give him as your your past, he says, no, you go from this place. You know, you leave your life of sin, leave your life of failure, leave your mistakes behind. Leave the hurt behind that others have done against you. You don't have to be bound by your past or live in your past today or be haunted by your past Jesus frees you from your past, but he's also the Christ of today, the God who is with us today. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He's the Christ who's with us today. What a great promise this is, the permanent presence of the Lord Jesus. No matter what happens to you, no matter what you go through, Remember when Moses was with the Lord on Mount Sinai and received the law, and Moses didn't want to leave the mountain. He didn't want to lead the people forward unless he knew God was going to be with him. And God told him in Exodus chapter 34 and verse 15 My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said, if you don't go with us, don't lead us up from here. But here we learn that Jesus is the same yesterday, deals with their past, and today, in this moment, whatever you're dealing with in life. Jesus is right there with you. You're never alone. You're never isolated. You're never abandoned. He is the Christ of today. But then he says, He's the Christ of the future. Jesus the same yesterday, today. He'll help you deal with everything today and forever. Now, regardless of what's in front of you down the road and what's in front of me, regardless of what's in the future of the world, we don't need to worry about that. He's the same forever. He'll be with us, He'll provide for us, He'll protect us. And the truth is, He'll lead us into the future. So many people want to know their destiny and the direction, but if you'll trust the Lord with your life, He'll lead you where you need to go. Romans 8 and 14 says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. You don't need to worry about your future, worry about where you're going and try to figure out how your life is going to turn out. If you trust the Lord and you walk with the Lord, the Spirit of God is going to guide you into tomorrow, into the future. You don't need to worry about tomorrow. When you worry about tomorrow, you can't focus on today. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. He clearly says, don't worry about tomorrow. In other words, I've got your tomorrows covered. I've got your future in my hand. He said, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be given to you. Matthew 6 and 33. And then he follows it by saying, don't worry about tomorrow. You focus on seeking first the kingdom of God, God's will and purpose for your life and his righteousness. Do what's right. And everything else will be given to you, including the future will be taken care of as well. What a great promise that Jesus is the same yesterday for the past, today with us, and forever he'll take care of the future. But second of all, here in Hebrews chapter 13, we learned that there's some unchanging principles. Now, we live in an unprincipled age. Many people do what's convenient and then some people do what's expedient. You see that a lot of times in politics. Sometimes people in political positions have no principles. They just change from one day to the next. They try to figure out what the polls are saying, and they change their vote and change their opinion. And the best politicians are the ones that are people of principles, you know, where they stand and what they believe. And the principles of the world keep changing. The rules keep changing. The, the morality keeps changing. Things that were wrong yesterday are right today by the world standards. Things that were inappropriate are suddenly appropriate. So the world system itself lacks principles. But as Christians, we live our lives by the unchanging principles, truths of the Word of God. Now, I would encourage you to dismiss the term, my truth. We use that a lot today. And my truth is okay if it means your opinion, your view. That's, that's great. I don't know that I'd call it truth, but if we use it in that way, that makes sense, my truth. But my truth, your truth, can change. It's not rooted in anything, but personal experience. So we have to live by some principles that are bigger than just our opinions and views because even we change those. We need some things that are unchanging to live our lives. And that's what the Word of God gives us. And so the writer of Hebrews reminds us as Christians to live your life by the unchanging principles of Christ, of His teachings, and of the teachings of the Word of God. So he says here, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. That's Hebrews chapter 13, verse nine. So he reminds us, if you're going to live by principles, don't be carried away by strange teachings because they're not based on principles of scripture. They're based on somebody's spiritual perspective. Many people get caught up in cults and false religions, even distortions of the gospel, strange teachings. And I would encourage you, when you hear something that is strange and weird, avoid it. Truth is not strange, it's transforming, it's hopeful. It's clear and it's simple. The greatest teacher of all time was Jesus and the simplest teacher of all time was Jesus because truth is simple, it's easy to grasp. It's deception that's strange and weird and odd. So he says, don't be carried away by it. Strange teachings because you get swept away the way a river swells during a Heavy rain season, it overflows the banks. It carries everything away when a flood comes. He says, don't get caught up in strange teachings. You'll get carried away from Jesus. You'll get carried away from the truth. You'll get carried away from your faith in Christ. He says, we need to be strengthened by grace, not ceremonialism. We all want to grow spiritually. That's why we're studying the Word of God together, to learn that we might grow. We need to be strong in our faith by the grace of God, not ceremonialism. And of course, the the writer of Hebrews here is dealing with a lot of the Hebrew traditions at the time. And there were other traditions and customs. Religions are just rife with all kind of ceremonies and rituals. Some people just, that's all they have. They just do the rituals and go through all the ceremonies and they think that's going to save them. He said, you need to stay in the grace of God, realizing that salvation is a gift of grace. It's not works. It's not by keeping the law. It's certainly by going through these rituals. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 to 17, Paul reminds us of the same thing. He said, don't let anyone judge you by, by new moons and celebrations and Sabbath regulations. He said, "These are a shadow of the things to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ." And he even says, "And he was an orthodox Jew." He says, "Many of the ceremonies we've had—they were pointing about to Jesus, the tabernacles, and the Passover and the Sabbath. But we don't worship those rituals." He was saying, "The reality of all of those great examples of the Old Testament is in a relationship with Jesus." So don't get caught up in legalism. Don't get caught up in ceremonialism. Don't get people arguing with you about which day is the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a person. The Sabbath is Jesus. We rest in the finished work of Christ. We do celebrate the Lord's day, but every day is sacred to us as believers. In fact, Romans the 14th chapter verse eight tells us that if one person honors one day versus another person, that that's not an issue. Don't follow legalism. Don't follow this heavy ritualism. Don't let people get you confused about which day you ought to worship and what foods you ought to eat. You ought to eat right for your health, but not for your soul, not for your salvation. Don't let people put you in these religious boxes to do it, do it this way, keep this ritual. You're going to go weaker spiritually if you follow that type of ceremonialism and ritualism and externalism. Keep your heart strong by the saving grace of God. You're saved by grace. You're kept by grace. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Trust him. That's how you really grow spiritually and stay strong. So you need unchanging principles to make it through this world and not follow the changing winds and waves of the world and the changing opinions and the shifting moral relativism. Anchor your soul in the word of God, the teachings of Jesus the unchanging principles of Scripture. And then it tells us here of the unchanging passion of Christ. In Hebrews 13, we read, we have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then, today, let us as believers, then go to him, go to Jesus outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. That's verses 10 through 14 here of Hebrews 13. Now, this is a very powerful passage about the cross of Christ. Let's consider for a moment what we're learning here about the passion of Jesus What I mean by that is his love that was so great that he gave himself on the cross for the sins of the world, the crucifixion, the passion. You may remember the famous movie, The Passion of the Christ, The Sufferings of Christ, a demonstration of Jesus' great love for us. The most important truth you'll gain from this teaching today is to know of Jesus' passion for you. So he speaks of the place of the altar of Christ. He contrasts the old altar and the tabernacle, later the temple, where they had these sacrifices that were part of worship and they had covenant meals. And that reminds us of the table we have now, the table of the Lord in Holy Communion. But the place we go today is just not an Old Testament altar. We go actually to the altar of God, to the altar of Christ. Spiritually, we come to the foot of the cross. And we remember His passion, and every time we partake of Holy Communion and we eat the bread and drink the cup, it reminds us of the passion of Jesus for us. That is so great that He is willing to lay down His life for us. But He speaks of the power of the blood of Christ offered on that altar of the cross. He says the blood of Jesus makes us holy. There's a famous gospel song by Andre Crouch. The first one he wrote as a young teenager, it's entitled, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power. His father was a pastor, and I guess he'd heard his dad preaching on the power of the blood of Jesus. One of the greatest songwriters ever. His first song, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power. He was reflecting on the power of the blood of Jesus to make us holy. He says that Jesus made us holy, and the word holy means special, set apart, sanctified, consecrated, dedicated to God for his glory. We don't make ourselves holy through our good works. Jesus makes us holy by cleansing our sin, by sanctifying us, by his blood shed at Calvary. You see, it's all by grace, not by works. And finally, we learn of the unchanging promise of the Lord to us in verse 14 of Hebrews 13. For here in this world, we do not have an enduring city, but we're looking for a city that is to come. I was born and raised in this great city of Atlanta where I pastor now. I've watched our city go through a lot of changes. It's not an enduring city. It's always having to be upgraded. But you know, I'm a citizen of another place, of the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of God. The book of Hebrews itself tells us of Abraham, the great man of faith, in the 11th chapter, verse 10, that he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose builder and maker is God and in this world today, whatever city you may live in here in Atlanta with me, around the world, around the United States, wherever you are, those cities, they decay over time. They have to be upgraded, but you also belong to a heavenly city, a city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. And the greatest promise that Jesus ever gave us, and the reason you need to become a follower of Jesus is the promise of eternal life. No other religious leader ever promised people eternal life, but Jesus promises it, and shows us the way to receive it. The most important thing Jesus ever said in this world are these words. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Today, if you'll believe in Jesus, you too can have eternal life and know that one day you too are headed for a city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. Join me today for prayer. Father, today I do pray that every person listening to the word of God today will come to know you through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless your people today. Give us grace, strengthen our hearts by grace. If any of them, Lord, are confused by legalism and ritualism, I pray today that they will flee from all of that strange teaching and anchor their souls again in the simple saving grace of the living Christ. Bless your people today, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining me for this time of digging deep in the book of Hebrews. It is a fascinating book filled with incredible, great spiritual and practical truths for life. If you've accepted Christ today as your Savior, let me send you a free copy of Fresh Start. We'd love to bless you with this book that'll help you grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you to follow me and Mount Perrin Church on YouTube. There's the Pastor David Cooper YouTube channel and the Mount Parent YouTube channel, and you can check out all the the worship services, the Bible studies, the preaching. Let's stay connected as a church family. Thank you for all you're doing to support the Mount Parent Ministries here in Atlanta and around the world. I'm looking forward to seeing you this Sunday for worship. Make sure you invite somebody to come to church with you this Sunday. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday for worship. I trust the message has been an encouragement to you today. Remember to follow us on social media and connect with us at MountPerrin.com. I'll see you right here next week for a fresh message from God's Word.